Welcome and good morning. I'm so glad you guys are here. My name is Tanya and I want to give a special welcome to all those who are joining us online this morning. We're glad you can be with us. Um, kick back and um, grab your coffee like uh, Kathy said last week and dive in with us. Um, a couple of announcements that are coming up. Every week we do an offering. You guys, most of you here kind of know that. Um, the offering is not, you don't, you're not obligated, but those who would like to give, it goes towards supporting childcare and our booklets that we get and some of the little goodies that we're able to give out, coffee and tea every week. So um, there's an envelope on your table, or if you want to give online, you can um, give on the website. Serve Day is coming up June 24th. Uh, we'll be having the annual CA Serve Day. And um, there'll be more information that'll be forthcoming, but I wanna kind of throw that out so you save the date because on a couple of the sites we'll have designated as women's ministry sites. And for those of you who are not familiar with um, Serve Day, basically, it's when our church partners with local organizations to do service project or relational building um, events on site at these various organizations. It's a wonderful way that we get to serve as a church community and give back to those who are amongst us. Bunko, who's coming to Bunko? Bunko, yeah. yay! You guys don't seem enthusiastic about Bunko. I've never played, but I'm coming to play and I'm coming to win. So I hope you will join us. Hope you guys will come out. I think it'll be a lot of fun. It's like just time to be together, fellowship, we'll have some snacks. Uh, we do ask that you RSVP on the website just so we know how many tables. I guess there's four to a table. So we want to make sure we have enough tables for everyone and enough goodies for everyone. So come out and join us for Bunko. And um, on Wednesdays after Bible study at noon, there's a group of us that walk. We walk around the CA campus or the neighborhood, praying for um, our neighbors, praying for our church, praying for the community, whatever God puts on our hearts. Um, so if you're interested, join us. We meet on the church stairs across the street at noon. All right, so let's dig in. Before we start, I want to ask you guys a question. I want to start with a question. Have you ever gone out of your way for someone or given something, something away that was so special to you or you thought was thoughtful only to receive a less than grateful response back? <laughs> or maybe it wasn't even acknowledged at all or, or accepted. I'm going to tell this little story. Um, <laughs> um, it's kind of funny, but it was when my husband and I first got married. Um, I don't think we had even been married a year yet, and um, we'll be celebrating 22 years in June, by the way. I know. Woo um, but I remember we had just gotten married, and we were visiting his folks for one of the first times since we'd been married, and they live on the East Coast. I'd been out shopping with my sister-in-law all day. We had a great time. And while we were out shopping, I bought a shirt for my husband. I thought, I'm such a nice wife. Like, I thought of him. I didn't just buy for myself. And uh, I was like, you know, this is going to like, his family's going to be like, whoa, what a nice girl. I'm like, so glad he married her, right? So I bring the shirt home, and um, I'm showing it to my husband, and I'm like, you know, like excited about it. It was a cute shirt, too. 
And, um, <laughs> and uh, you know how you have an expectation? It's like, this didn't go how I saw it in my head, right? <laughs> my husband's response was uh, kind of meh, like, hmm, okay. And before I could even say anything, one of his brothers was in the room and he was like, he acknowledged, that's a great shirt, oh, I like that shirt. And the next thing I know, my husband had kind of flicked him the shirt like, you can have it. <laughs> okay, exactly, see? <laughs> exactly. Only my neck rolled a little bit more than that. <laughs> and, you know, my feelings were hurt, of course. Uh, my feelings were hurt and we had a really good talk later. <laughs> about that but you know we can laugh about that now and both of us have grown so much from that time but it just reminded me of like sometimes we give something that we think is going to be taken in a certain way um, and sometimes it's not so as we as i was going through and i know you know this story is a little trivial in comparison to what we're talking about today but I just kind of, as I was reading through chapters 18 and 19, um, I couldn't help but just be so vexed. <laughs> um, it's a, they're heavy chapters to see what Jesus went through. You know, from the unjust arrest, the torture, humiliation, the berating, um, humiliation, the crucifixion itself, the way that this was detailed in, this, um, in these chapters, the vision that always comes up for me is that vision of Jesus in that movie, The Passion of the Christ. Um, it's a visual picture that we take in. And all I could think was, wow, Jesus, you endured all that for me. Lord, how do I get to show my gratitude to you for all that you have went through for me? Because he did it for me and he did it for you. What's the, what's the appropriate response for that level of sacrifice? Those of us who are Christ followers, we know that we can never, we can never repay him for his loving sacrifice. However, I do believe the way we live out our lives in a, way, in, in a way that can reflect back to him our eternal gratitude for all that he endured on our behalf, a deep love and a deep appreciation is what we can give back. So what does it look like to live as though his sacrifice on that cross mattered to my life? I recently read this story shared by a Christian author about when Abraham Lincoln's um, body was being transferred from Washington to Illinois, which was his home state. And as it passed through um, another town in Albany, it is said that um, his body was being carried through the streets and they said that there was a black woman who was amongst the crowd. And she stood on a curb and she lifted her little boy above her head as high as she could. And she said to him, honey, take a long look. He died for you. The author says that if he could, he would lift our spirits up to Calvary to say, look, 
he died for you. Jesus died for us. So today, as we read through chapters 19 together, I want to talk about three ways we are able to express our gratitude to Jesus for the sacrifice he made for us on the cross. But before we jump in there, can we pray? Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for the way that you love us. Thank you that we're able to sit in this room today, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that as we go through these chapters, as we read your word together, would you show us things that we may have never seen before? Would we hear your words in our head, Lord God? Would we see what you want us to see and walk away with something that is life-changing for us today? I believe you want to speak to our hearts. So we just surrender ourselves to you. I ask, Father God, that even as I open my mouth, that the words that I speak will come from you, that you would fill it, that you would fill this space with your presence, that you would love on us and encourage us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so in chapter 19, it really is... Chapter 18 and 19 to me, it could have just been one chapter. It's all together. But we, we know that in chapter 18 leading into 19, the Jewish leaders have turned Jesus over to the Roman governor Pilate for trial and execution. So we're going to start in verse 1. Then Pilate had Jesus flogged, beaten, with a lead-tipped whip. The soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They put a purple robe on him. Hail, king of the Jews, they mocked as they slapped him across the face. Pilate went outside again and said to the people, I am going to bring him out to you now, but understand clearly, I find him not guilty. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said, look, here is the man. When they saw him, the leading priests and temple guards began shouting, crucify him, crucify him. And I noted here that it wasn't the crowds, it was the leading priest. It was the religious leaders that was chanting at the top of their voices, crucify him, crucify him. Take him yourself and crucify him, said Pilate. I find him not guilty. The Jewish leaders replied, by our law, he ought to die because he called himself the son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was more frightened than ever. He took Jesus back into the headquarters again and asked him, where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. Why don't you talk to me, Pilate demanded. Don't you realize I have the power to release you or crucify you? Then Jesus said, you would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. So the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. And I've read some commentaries and some say that Jesus was talking about Judas. Um, I think he was talking about the religious leaders, those who had turned him over. 
Then Pilate tried to release him, but the Jewish leaders shouted, if you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who declares himself a king is a rebel against Caesar. When they said this, Pilate brought Jesus out to them again. Then Pilate sat down on the judgment seat on the platform that is called the stone pavement. In Hebrew, Gabbatha. I think that's it. It was now about noon on the day of preparation for the Passover. And Pilate said to the people, look, here is the king. Away with him, they yelled. Away with him. Crucify him. What? Crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar. The leading priest shouted back. Then Pilate turned Jesus over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus away. Sobering words, hard to read. We learned last week that Pilate is, um, I guess, less than a principled governor. Um, he was very much influenced by the opinion of those around him. He was influenced by the crowds. He was influenced by the Jewish leaders. Uh, it seems that he wanted to take the path of least resistance. He wasn't the most secure man. However, as I'm reading through this, I see that he's conflicted. Um, and the text actually says he's frightened. And I believe part of the fact is that Pilate already didn't trust the Jewish leaders. He didn't trust their motives. In Matthew's account of this same passage, um, chapter 27, verse 18, it says, Now Pilate was fully aware that the religious leaders had handed Jesus over to him because of their bitter jealousy. They were jealous. He knew that. So he knew that there was more to this story. On top of that, Pilate's wife <laughs> had already advised him, don't have any part in this. Also in that same passage in Matthew, it says that Pilate's wife said, don't harm that holy man, for I have suffered a horrible nightmare last night about him. And they believed in dreams. That was, that was big in, at that time. And so Pilate was, he was conflicted. He was scared. He knew there was more to this than what meets the eye. And I, can you imagine what he must have been experiencing looking Jesus in the face? He was right there in his presence. That coupled with all of that is why he was where he was at. <laughs> so even though, Pilate even though Pilate acknowledged several times that he did not find Jesus guilty, he was being heavily influenced by the crowds and the demands of the Jewish leaders and their threats. I believe Pilate had hoped that when he brought Jesus out and they could see his body, that they could see that he had been beaten, that he was hoping that that might, you know, absorb that demand for crucifixion. I think that he was hoping that that might pull the crowd back a little bit, but it didn't. The crowd didn't acknowledge the injustice that was being done against this innocent rabbi, and the Jewish leaders refused to acknowledge him as Messiah. Which leads us to the first way we can show our gratitude to Jesus' sacrifice, and that is to acknowledge it. 
As a Christ follower, have you truly acknowledged how much Jesus went through for you, for me? Isaiah 52:14 says, but many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. Our Jesus wasn't even recognizable. The Jewish leaders obviously didn't understand who was right in front of them. But as you and I sit here today, we do. They didn't acknowledge him as the Messiah, nor the fact that he was laying down his life for them. The ones who had spat at him, the ones who had slapped and yelled at him. But will you acknowledge his sacrifice today? I hate to admit, I hate to admit it, but I too, like those in the crowd, have at times not fully comprehended the extent that Jesus' sacrifice on that cross made for my life. I can easily forget to acknowledge that Jesus paid a debt I could never, ever pay on my own. The debt was owed by me, but his grace and blood covered me. I came across this story about a man dreaming about the crucifixion of Jesus. He was telling in detail how Jesus had been beaten and how the people shouted, crucify him. He saw the back of a soldier's hand as he was driving a nail into Jesus's hand. And when the, when the soldier turned around, the soldier was himself. So let me ask you, have you ever acknowledged that it was your sins, that it was my sins that put Jesus on that cross? The fact is, it should be my face up there. It should be me paying for my sins. But Jesus chose to take my place. He chose to suffer and die for us, for you, for me, because of his love for us. And he wants us to live forever with him. His love and sacrifice for us cost us nothing. But he paid dearly for it. He paid our penalty. Aren't you grateful for what he spared you from and what he spared you for? Because he has spared us so that we can be truly free, free to be with him and the Father forever, and that our lives would glorify like his life glorified the Father because he loves us so. So what is one way for you to acknowledge Jesus' sacrifice in your life today. Let's pick up in verse 17. Carrying the cross by himself, he went to the place called the place of skull. In Hebrew, it's called Golgotha. There they nailed him to the cross. Two others were crucified with him, one on either side, with Jesus between them. And Pilate posted a sign on the cross that read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. The place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. 
so that many would be able to read it. Then the leading priest objected and said to Pilate, change it from king of the Jews. He said, I wanted to read, I am. He said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate replied, no, what I have written, I have written. They couldn't accept <laughs> what was written on that cross. Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews because they wouldn't accept the truth, the truth of who Jesus is. Which brings us to the second way we get to show our gratitude for Jesus' sacrifice, and that is to accept it. Have you accepted that Jesus died for you? Listen to this quote. If our greatest need had been for information God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been for technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been for pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. Will you accept the gift that Jesus, will you accept the gift of Jesus for our forgiveness, for our sins? The gift is offered freely to us, but Jesus paid for it expensively. I've been a Christ follower for 35 plus years, and sometimes it's still hard to think about how my sins contributed <laughs> to the crucifixion but it did. I used to think, I'm a good person, I'm a nice lady, I care about others, I help my family, you know, I do things for people. But without acknowledging what Jesus went through on the cross, the scriptures say that all my deeds are like filthy rags. Because no matter how good I try to look on the outside, my inside is decay and only Jesus's blood can redeem me. So by surrendering my life to him, repenting and asking forgiveness for my sins, believing in his death on the cross for my sins, and that he rose back to life on the third day so that I could live forever, that honors his sacrifice. Because like we said earlier, there is nothing that we can do to repay him, nothing. However, if I, I can live like his sacrifice matters to me, I can offer back my life to him since he's the one that paid for it so dearly. I believe every time we say yes to his will and not our own, every time we love our enemies or share his promises of hope with those who don't know him or give to those in need, whether it's by prayer, time, or our resources, Share a meal with someone who may look differently than us, think differently than us. Give a tight hug and a smile to a fellow brother or sister in the faith. I believe these things honor his sacrifice and they give a gift that we may live. Do you believe and accept that you are worth God's sacrifice? Do you believe that you are worth 
him being on that cross because Jesus did. Romans 5, verse 8 through 11 says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. He did it because he loves us. Have you accepted Jesus' love for an invitation of a new life and friendship with God? If you haven't, you can today. Let's pick back up in um, verse 25. It says, standing near the cross was Jesus's mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, dear woman, here is your son. And he said to this disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. Jesus, Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there. So they soaked a sponge in it, put a hyssop branch and held it up to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Jesus finished his mission. He finished once and for all the redemptive work that he was sent here to do. He bridged the gulf between us and God the Father that we could have never done on our own. His actions demonstrated his faithfulness to God the Father and accomplished what the Father sent him, to, sent him here to complete. Jesus honored the Father and the Father honored Jesus. I did a little study on that phrase, it is finished. And in the Greek, it is called tetelestai, tetelestai. And it comes from the word teleo which means to bring to an end, to complete, to accomplish. It signifies the successful end to a particular course of action. Which brings us to the third way we get to express our gratitude for Jesus, Jesus's sacrifice. And that is by acting on it, by acting on it. How can we, or how can we demonstrate and act what we believe? I believe the way we demonstrate that, what we believe is how we act. Jesus's actions demonstrated what he believed and who he believed. On that cross, beaten, mocked, humiliated, he fulfilled his mission. Jesus willing, willingly surrendered to the Father's will so that we could be forgiven and redeemed. God has a mission for each one of us too. Will you act on it? 
Acting on it may look like sharing with others about Jesus' generous sacrifice. It may look like serving people the same way that Jesus did or loving all people like Jesus did. Will you put your will and your plan for your life in Jesus' hands? Will you put his plan above your own plan? (laughs) Since your life has been paid for by Jesus' precious blood, does he have final say in your life? So while this is one of the most sobering chapters in the book of John, it's a triumphant one too. Because Jesus finished. (laughs) He finished his assignment and he finished it well. His death has paved the way so that we could be redeemed. We can choose everlasting life with Father, with the Father. Aren't you grateful for that? How will you choose to act? If you haven't yet surrendered your life or accepted Jesus as Lord, will you take that next step? There's a tale that goes like this. It says the devil and his cohorts were devising a plan to get people to reject the gospel. Let's go to them and say there is no God, proposed one. Silence prevailed. Every devil knew that most people believed in a supreme being. Let's tell them there is no hell. No future punishment for the wicked, offered another one. That was turned down too, because men obviously have consciences which tell them that sin must be punished. The concave was going to end in failure when there came a voice from the rear. Tell them there is a God. Tell them there is a hell. And the Bible is the word of God. But tell them there's plenty of time. Let them neglect the gospel until it's too late. All hell erupted in ghoulish glee, for they knew if a person procrastinated on Christ, they usually never accepted him. Don't wait to act on Jesus' invitation to new life. Those images that we saw earlier were so graphic, (laughs) and I admit it's hard to look at them. But imagine how hard it must have been for Jesus to live it. Can we take a moment and just close our eyes and sit quietly? And I have a couple of questions for you to consider. Thank you, Lord. Lord, how are you inviting me to acknowledge what you did for me on the cross? What does accepting your generous gift of love look like in my life? What's an action step I can make today that demonstrates my gratefulness for all you have done for me?
Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your loving sacrifice for me. Thank you for all that you went through on the cross. Before the cross, <laughs> I, I'm so grateful, Lord. Help me to live my life for you, surrender to your will, committed to your call of loving others, and may I follow your example of doing the will of the Father and surrendering my own will to you. And if you haven't yet surrendered your life to Jesus, you're invited to pray this prayer with me now. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge you. I believe in your death on the cross for my sins and in your resurrection on the third day. Please forgive me of my sins and help me to live fully surrendered to you. Thank you for loving me. I choose to follow you and I'm grateful you chose me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made a first time commitment, um, please let me know, I'd love to hear about it. I love to give you a new believer's Bible. And um, thank you, thank you guys. <laughs>